In a surprising move, the Chicago Sky team trades its franchise star, Kalia Copper, to the Phoenix Mercury. Now, she's the last remaining starter of the Sky's 2021 WNBA championship team. And while this shocked fans, it does leave room for a new era of WNBA in Chicago. But it doesn't erase the team's leadership issues with the former Sky coach and GM leaving halfway through last season, which left players and fans with big questions about what is ahead for this team. So here with more is Annie Costabile, who covers the Sky for the Chicago Sun-Times. Welcome back to Reset, Annie. So happy to be here. And Cheryl Ray Stout, WBEZ's sports contributor. Good to see you, my Good friend. Good morning. Your reaction, Cheryl? to this news about Kalia Copper. I was surprised because of the timing, mm. because they gave her a contract extension just an, uh, a few months ago. Uh, they hired a new coach. They had her sitting with the new coach when she had the press conference, which is unusual. I've never seen that before. When you have a new coach, they had a player sitting there. They were promoting her in that way. Mm -hmm. So it begged the question, why? And that's a question that Annie may be able to answer. What do you think, Annie, about uh, Copper leaving? I mean... Yeah, Cheryl set it up. It's very peculiar to tout a new era that was going to be defined by Kalia Copper's grit, matched with Teresa Weatherspoon's grit, similar identities. I mean, they sat them next to each other at a Teresa press conference. Teresa Weatherspoon being that new being coach. The new coach. Um, they sat them next to each other at a press conference and said, look at what we're doing. This is who's going to define our new era. And so for four months later, for her to be gone... It points to yet another failure by ownership to create an environment, to create a winning environment that stars like Kalia Copper want to be a part of. So, I mean, the team's former coach and GM, James Wade, gave away first round draft picks for three seasons starting last year. What, what was his reasoning? So that that obviously was a desperate move following the failure to re-sign Candace Parker, Courtney Vandersloot. Before that, it was um, Steph Dolson. He he was struggling to re-sign his championship players. And so when you when you have all eyes on you and you can't re-sign the hometown hero first off, Candace Parker, you can't re-sign the franchise player who's defined Chicago Sky culture, Courtney Vandersloot. Mm -hmm. A person in that position wants to make a splash, wants to make a move, wants to bring in a name that's going to bring in attention. Well, that's Marina Mabry. But you overpaid for her. You paid her uh, close to the max salary in the WNBA. She's never been an all-star. Which is how you, much? 200. 220. Yeah, 220 is, mm -hmm. is the max. The super max is slightly above that. Um, and you, lever you, you, you bankroll all of your draft picks to get her. You put the sky in a position to quote unquote win now well guess what you have to win now against the las vegas aces and you're you're telling me you're going to do it with marina mabry mm. um and and courtney williams and Kalia yeah. copper in your backcourt it just wasn't Didn't a work. smart decision given the landscape of the WNBA at the time yeah. and now you put the franchise in a position where a year later their friend the only player you have left is on the move yeah that's yeah, the timing is what, what you said. But I ha sorry, I have to add one more thing about this because it's just there's layers to it. Yeah. James Wade's failure to re-sign the stars from the championship team. Th there's a lot to that. But part of that was that these two players, specifically Candace and, and Courtney, mm -hmm. went to teams that were investing in their franchise in a way that the Chicago Sky never have. So, yes, James Wade failed to re-sign them, but it's also a failure on the ownership to yeah. put him in a position to re-sign the players he needed to. Because the facilities is, is one of the issues. That's one of the big issues because they practice up in Deerfield. Mm -hmm. And 
they don't have lockers. They don't have things that these other teams are now putting money into. They're investing in that. They're investing in the players. And so when you have players in Chicago yeah. come from the north suburbs to come down to Wintrust for a game, uh, that's that's a real problem yeah. for them. And 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 they and what the thing is about the WNBA, the players know what everybody else has there's and only, what they don't have. There's only 12 teams. Yeah. They all talk. They all know. Yeah, I'm curious about uh, how the team is feeling now with with Copper leaving. What have you been hearing from from players specifically? Yeah. You're not hearing much. I mean, the <laughs> only the only reaction is is a, is of disappointment. I mean, Dana I Evans imagine. posted on her social media. This one hits different. It's tough, again, because mere months ago, they had this plan in place where Kalia Copper was going to help them be led into the future. This year was not going to be great. The only way that they were going to to really turn things around this year was if they were able to sign Skylar Diggins-Smith, mm-hmm. Neko Gumake, and potentially another free agent. They weren't able to do that. Why? Again, the sky is not a place superstars want to be. And the interesting thing about not signing uh, Skylar Diggins-Smith specifically, according to one of my sources, she was only interested in playing for Noel Quinn or Teresa Weatherspoon. Right. Mm. You had a 50% chance of signing a player who lives or is from right. a, an hour and a half away, and you couldn't get her. Mm. And it's, it's with the, the only thing I can say positive about the trade is they're getting back draft capital, something that James Wade gave away. They do get Phoenix's uh, first-round pick, which is number three in this draft. Right. Uh, they do get to uh, make, get some other draft picks in the future. But uh, this this is a chasm. And and when 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 I saw Alana Smith leave, you saw Courtney Williams leave. You knew that you know there's some other things in the offing that was going to go not right for this team. Yeah. And 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 it's you know it's hard when you got. The first time you have split the GM and the coach. Yeah. So so he and, and they and what was interesting to do that the way they did it because usually you get the GM first in place and then the coach. So the optics don't look great for this team in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And and the thing is is that and when we had James Wade as both, I mean, was was that a common that was he was he was the last one to hold both all, positions. All, all the other teams have have split that job up and which you know. Because what, what he was doing, he was coaching in Europe during the collegiate season here. And he didn't have a lot of scouting going on here in the United States, which I think hurt him in a lot of ways. But he did rely on the players in Europe, which he did find some diamonds in the rough, like Rebecca Gardner and some of these other players. So mm-hmm. you could say that was a positive for him. But that was too much on somebody's plate. Because now that if you want to go to a higher level, which you see in New York, you see now in Phoenix, Seattle is doing it. The Aces, of course, mm-hmm. back-to-back championships. And they never were in lockstep with those teams. Uh, Kalia Copper, she's alluded on social media that she's happy with this move. What has she said? She wanted this move. She asked to be traded. This was not something that the Sky did. I mean, she tweeted about regain. being all in. Yeah, right? this is not something that the Sky did to regain control of the situation. This is not something they did because they no longer believed Kalia Copper was the future of the franchise. She wanted out. Mm. She she asked to be traded. Which in itself is is, is very telling based on the, some of the things that you all uh, are sharing today. Now, with the news of, of Kalia and two other starters leaving ahead of the season, 
fans? What are they saying? How are they? How's morale here? I, I know some fans that are second guessing whether they're going to buy their season tickets. I've had multiple really? fans reach out and have already requested refunds on their season tickets. And the response that they've gotten from from ticket reps within the Sky organization is very interesting and very telling. Mm. But this new coach, Teresa Weatherspoon, that we've mentioned a few times, what else can you share about her? What should we know? Well, she's never coached in the WNBA, but she was on one of the initial teams in the league in 1997 with the New York uh, Liberty, and she was a defensive player of the year. She did coach it at her alma mater, Louisiana Tech, so she does have coaching background. And her last job, she was in, with the with the NBA, with the Pelicans in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So she has, she has coaching experience. But she's going to be under duress, I think, with with having a completely team that's going to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, she's going to, you know, and the fact is, Kalia Copper, she was really hanging on that player to be the grit and as Annie mentioned, the, the grit of that team. Yeah, so, I mean, it sounds like they were selling them as like a, a package, a package, yeah, a package well, like duo. Said, I've the never, thing, se- I've never seen a head coach thing, get, get a job with a, with a player sitting right next to him like that. That's that doesn't happen. Yeah. The thing I'm interested to speak with Teresa about, she was sold on this position yeah. with. Kalia Copper in place. She was sold on coming into a team that was going to be defined defensively by players like Kalia Copper and Dana Evans specifically. Those are two players in her introductory press conference. In an interview with myself, she mentioned specifically looking forward to building a new culture around. And working with them. Exactly. And now they're leaving. And so this, this has to be a blow for her as well because this is potentially not the job that she accepted. Where does the sky go from here then? Annie? Well, the draft is going to be important to them, isn't it? I mean, that's the thing. This this number three pick, ask yourself, why was Phoenix willing to part with this number three pick? The The draft class that's coming out is, is full of superstars, expected to come out, I should say, yeah. led by Caitlin Clark. These players don't have to leave college right. this year. Paige Beckers does not have to come out. That's someone that, that the Sky have, have mentioned, you know, having their eye on. The, they do not have to come out for this draft. And when you look to the 2025 draft, okay, so let's say these players don't come out, right? Let's look, oh, well, the Sky could, could get somebody in 2025. Their first round draft pick in 2025 mm-hmm. The Dallas Wings has the right to swap that pick with them. So let's say the Sky do not make the playoffs this year. They'll be sending a lottery pick to the Dallas Wings because of the Marina Mabry trade. They are not in a good position. And the thing is, with a lot of these players like Caitlin Clark, when you look at her, you know, she's going to be number one probably. However, staying back in college may benefit her even more because Mm -hmm. she can make more money and NIL money. She flies charter flights. You don't do that in the WNBA until the playoffs. So there's, it's, it's, it's cushioned for her to stay another year and, and other players too. So why would you go to WNBA to a team that's not going to help you it, to fulfill what yeah. you want to get? Yeah, it's essentially like these play, these players have, have power in their decision, yeah. right? Because they know the the landscape. They, they look at, at, right, the draft order. Mm-hmm. So because of this COVID year and, and Paige Beckers obviously has, has extra available uh, eligibility, eligibility yeah. because yeah. of her injuries, you can, in a sense, be like, mm, Sky have number three. I'm expected to go number three. I, maybe I will stay back. Oh, my goodness. Well, believe it or not, folks, there is more upheaval in the sports world than I've <laughs> called you both here to talk about. Uh, of course, I am referring now to baseball and the White Sox considering this move from guaranteed rate field to the 78 near Roosevelt mm-hmm. and Clark. What's the latest, Cheryl? 
I think Greg Hines' story with the Cranes uh, was, was perfect because he talked to MLB Commissioner Rob Manford. And there we, we heard more information that he's talked to Jerry, and he's actually, the, the, the two of them have talked, and that's big because he's getting the approval from the MLB for Jerry Reinsdorf to think about and, and to pursue this. And one of the things that they, they mentioned, he mentioned in the article was that there would be no new taxes. And the other aspect that I thought was really interesting, so where's the money going to come from? Uh, they have shared revenue in MLB, which means 48% of your, what you make off, you know, off the field, mm-hmm. you know, rights, uh, radio rights, TV rights, other revenues, 48 goes into a pot. Well, the White Sox may be able to use that for the new stadium. That is a big. That's a big bonus for the White Sox to be able to move into some place yeah, to be in that not have, not have a big hole. And he wants to be with a TIF. He wants to have the TIF be involved with it too. So again, you mean tax increment financing? Yep, yep that would be a part yeah. of it too. So it's a positive for Jerry Reinsdorf to do that for him because their their lease is up in 2029. So you have you have a few years here want to get the deal done and it takes three years usually to build a stadium okay and that's what they are looking at how are the residents in the south loop near the 78 how, how are they responding to the I, idea? you know the residents want to know like what's in it for them how is this going to affect them how is that going to affect their transportation how is it going to affect their daily lives mm. so that's going to be really important but but the, the main thing is what a lot of the teams have done in baseball and other sports is you have not just a the, the stadium but you got a complex so around it, you have businesses, you mm-hmm. have, you know, you have restaurants, you, you know, so that's what, so people are thinking this could be more jobs available. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Any thoughts, Annie? I know you're so focused on the sky right now <laughs> and they're giving you a lot to, to cover, what I'll but say I'm curious. Is, <laughs> what I'll say is look at the way Jerry Reinsdorf has been aggressive in, in making a move for his franchise, making a decision for his franchise. Like Cheryl said, these things take years to do. He's actively pursuing the possibility yeah. of doing something new. It's interesting. It's interesting to think how other owners could apply that same that same aggressiveness say, yeah. to their franchise. And the other thing I'll say about it is it's interesting to think about what the Cubs have done when they think with Wrigley. Yes. And yeah. I think and that I think that's I think that was a telling point because until you saw the success right. that the Ricketts have had yeah. with the atmosphere around it, you know, and, and the fact that's is the it, blueprint. That is the blueprint, and other teams have done it, but that's right in his city. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. when Jerry's Jerry's going to be 88 years old on February 25th, so he, he's looking at the clock. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll leave it there. Annie Costabile is a sports reporter for the Chicago Sun Times, and Cheryl Ray Stout is a WBEZ sports contributor. Thank you both so much. Thank, Thank you. Lots to chat about in sports. Yes.